This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. I don't know. Th- th- those are things we're going to have to go look at. But, um, you know, there's when, when you have a rookie quarterback and, you know, and they have a rookie quarterback too. I mean, shoot, it's, it's just having confidence that it's okay to play a boring game of football. You know, that, that's, that's really it. And he is, he is an electric dude. He's competitive as crap. He's, and uh, he wants to win so bad, but you know, that sometimes it's okay to be boring. And, uh, and that's probably the biggest lesson that we can take out of this one. Yesterday, I walked into MetLife Stadium for the first time since December 8th, 2019 for a Jets regular season home game. The amount of energy and optimism in the air, in the parking garage, in the tailgate lots, walking through the gates, getting past security, going up the escalators was palpable. You could feel how excited all these Jet fans were to witness the the home opener of a new era of Jets football with Robert Sala at the reins and Zach Wilson leading the team. What we got yesterday was so beyond what I think anybody, including myself, expected. What we got was more embarrassment and burying our faces in our hands until the clock ticked zero at the end of the fourth quarter. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini, and this is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. Yesterday, the Jets suffered a 25-6 defeat at the hands of the New England Patriots in their 2021 home opener. Zach Wilson was 19-33 of for 210 yards, 0 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. Michael Carter had 11 carries for 59 yards, 2 catches for 29 yards. Ty Johnson had 12 carries for 50 yards. Braxton Berrios had 7 catches for 73 yards. Elijah Moore, 4 catches for 47 yards. And on defense, Marcus May had himself a game with a sack, two tackles for loss, and one pass defense. Sheldon Rankins had a sack and a tackle for loss, and John Franklin Myers had his second sack of the season. Before we get into the rest of the game, I want to first talk about the news that we got right before kickoff, I want to say around like 11.30, the fact that Jameson Crowder was going to be inactive. He was not ready to come back from COVID yet. He's dealing with a groin injury and maybe some some other stuff, you know, having just gotten over COVID this past week. And also Denzel Mims would be inactive as a healthy scratch. You remember Denzel Mims, right? Second round pick last year out of Baylor. Missed uh, stretches of the 2020 season with injury, but when he did play, he would, he was flashing. He would get, he would really make those 50-50 balls, jump up and get those. Had some special yard after catch opportunities, would really make the most of his opportunities. And here we are in year two of his NFL career, and he can't even get on the field. You saw him last week, right? Where he was on the field for only three snaps and hauled in one catch for 40 yards, the longest pass play of the day for the Jets. Didn't even get an opportunity yesterday with one of the Jets starting receivers out. Now, Salah talked about this last week. He talked about it this week. He talked about it yesterday after the game in his postgame presser. Apparently, Mims doesn't, you know, have the playbook down 100% yet. When you're not a starter, Salah says, you have to be able to learn all three wide receiver spots on the offense. He doesn't play special teams, so it's not worth activating him, right? Right. Well, you can't coach six foot three and a 438 40-yard dash 
So it's inexcusable that he can't even get on the field on a day where one of the one of the starting receivers is down and the passing game is just horrendous. Why not have a receiver out there who can make those 50-50 balls? That Zach, who in a situation where he doesn't know where to go to, he says, hey, Denzel's one-on-one. Maybe he can come he can come down with this. Put it in a spot where only he can get it because as six foot three, he has spots like that where a defender can't get over him and he can get up and get that ball. If it's an incompletion, whatever. But regardless, why is Denzel Mims, your second round pick from last year, not even active in this game? It, it really should have been a sign of things to come. It wasn't like I, I was so upset with this on, at 11 o'clock yesterday morning. I should have known going forward that this is how the rest of the day was going to play out. Fast forward to the first drive of the game. Patriots got the ball first. They are rolling. It's around the 50-yard line, like maybe even a minute and a half into the game. And Marcus May is able to pop the ball loose from a Patriots receiver. I don't remember what it was specifically, but regardless, balls down, Jess recover. It looks like jet ball. The stadium's going nuts. Everyone's bouncing up and down. And all of a sudden, the referee starts signaling it's down. He's, it, 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 the, the play's over. It, it, was, it was ruled dead because of the receiver's forward motion. Robert Sala comes charging off the sideline, throwing the challenge flag. He's getting amped up, and the refs walk over to him and are and like, sorry, put that away. You can't challenge this play. What do you mean you can't challenge this play? Why are you blowing the play dead when it's not even over yet? This is so surface level of how, and I, I hate to use the officiating excuse because it's the lamest card in the book to play when your team loses in a, in a game like this, but the officiating, I, I'm, I'm going to get into this more later, but just I, the consistency was not there for both teams yesterday when it came to calling the game. Regardless, the Jets defense was able to put, put, some, put some breaks on that drive. The Patriots did get in a field goal, but they were able to sack Mac Jones for a 10-yard loss that knocked him out of it. And the Patriots punted the ball to the Jets around their own 10-yard line. Now, on the Jets' first offensive possession, they came out running the ball, which worked all day. The Jets ran for 150 yards in the day on that Patriots defense, but on a second and two, about halfway through the first quarter on this first drive, Zach threw his first interception of the day, throwing it into double coverage, looking for Corey Davis. The ball got knocked up in the air and a Patriots defender came down with it. This set the Patriots up with their first points of the day, kicking a field goal to make it 3-0 with five minutes left to go in the first quarter. Now, at this point, the stadium was still optimistic, you know, 3-0, nothing crazy to worry about. The Jets got the ball back. They started running the ball again. Michael Carter and Ty Johnson both had a day, and then Zach throws his second interception, once again looking for Corey Davis, but it goes right through his hands into the hands of a Patriots defender. Zach is now 0-2 with two interceptions to start the game. The Patriots once again doing what the Patriots do, turning turnovers into points, and James White scores on a 7-yard touchdown run to cap off a 6-play, 72-yard drive. 10-0 at the end of the first. The Jets' next possession was a, a solid drive, 11 plays, 59 yards, took up took a six minutes off the clock. It ended on the Patriots' two-yard line where the Jets opted to kick a field goal on fourth and two from the two-yard line rather than go for it. I thought that was, I hate to say gutless, but I really think that at this point in the game, what do you have to lose by not going for it? If you don't get it, you have the, the Patriots pinned down on their own two-yard line. You can play some defense, but I feel like opting for the field goal here just was not waving the white flag, but 
signaling the, to the Patriots that we're playing to not lose this game, not to win it. The Jets defense was able to play pretty well, I thought, especially in this first half. Marcus May, as I mentioned earlier, had a couple big plays. He had some sacks, some tackles for loss. John Franklin Myers and Sheldon Rankins both added sacks of their own. Patriots offensive line was pretty patchwork, I thought, but it didn't matter. On the following drive for the Jets, Zach Wilson underthrew a pass that was going for Elijah Moore on the sideline. Picked off by J.C. Jackson. His second interception of the day, Zach Wilson's third. The Patriots were once again able to turn this into points, kicking a field goal as the half expired, making it 13-3 at halftime. You're listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwini. Now, would you believe me if I told you there was still optimism in those MetLife stands at halftime, being down 13-3, to Zach Wilson throwing three interceptions, but the game was still relatively close at this time. The Patriots' offense wasn't doing much. The only points they had gotten were off these turnovers from the Jets. I forgot to mention this, but at a couple points throughout the first half, there were a couple really bad calls, as I alluded to earlier with the, the inconsistent officiating is what I'll call it. Mac Jones was sacked. I can't remember by who, but it it was a clean sack. You know, like there's not much you can do when a quarterback is in the pocket and a, a defensive lineman, a defensive end is coming around the corner and at at maximum speed, and they just just bowl into them and knock them over. Of course, it was flagged as a roughing the passer call, and it just gave the Patriots a first down, free 15 yards and whatnot. Just keep this in mind because it's going to be relevant later, and also. The Jets were called in the first half for a personal foul, which was a chop block on Michael Carter, the running back, for tripping over into a defensive lineman's legs. You could see on the replay, it was a clear trip. He didn't mean to fall into the legs, but of course, it was flagged anyway. Once again, keep this in mind, it will be relevant later. The Jets got the ball to start the second half, thanks to winning the coin toss at the start of the game. They deferred and let the Patriots get the ball first. So on this first drive, there was a lot of optimism. All they had to do was get some points here, and it was back to a one-score game. On this drive, the Jets had two holding penalties, one on Greg Van Roten and one on Connor McGovern, uh, our guard and center respectively, which killed any, any momentum the Jets had on some completions for easy first downs. And of course, the drive was capped off by Zach Wilson's fourth and final interception of the game, basically an arm punt to Devin McCourty. And at that point, it was all but over. Damian Harris scored on a 26-yard touchdown run, assisted by a Mac Jones chop block where he quite literally dove into the legs of a Jets defensive player. And of course, of course, no flag on the play. Clean touchdown. Game carries on as usual. They showed the exact clip of Mac Jones diving into the legs of the Jets defender, I want to say at least four or five times on replay on the MetLife Jumbotron. And it's just so frustrating how some things are okay for some teams and some things aren't for others. And I just wish, this isn't even specifically about Jets Patriots, this is just about the NFL in general right now, is there's so much inconsistency from referee crew to referee crew about which which plays are penalties and which are not. Which, which What's a roughing the passer and what's not a roughing the passer? I don't even know these days. 
because it just it depends of what referee crew you're watching of that game who gets assigned where there is no consistency when it comes to nfl officiating at all right now when it comes to taunting roughing the passer chop blocks i i, I I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I'm so, so frustrated with how some of these things turn out. On the following drive, Zach Wilson is sacked for about a 10-yard loss. The Patriots defensive end just wraps him up, hand in his face mask. Literally, like, he's bear-hugging him from behind. One arm around his chest, one on the, fr the front of his helmet. Like, hands in the face mask, just ripped down. And clean sack. Clean sack, not a flag, no penalty, nothing. On third down of this drive, Zach Wilson overthrows Michael Carter for a check down that probably wouldn't have even gotten in the first, but it sails over his head anyway. And this is where the booze started raining down from the MetLife stands. And this is where things get a little personal for me. People were really upset that the Jets were booing their rookie quarterback and rookie head coach at their home opener. Like, they, we shouldn't be booing them. They should get the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's their first game, just some jitters at home, you know, whatever. But no. If I want to boo my football team, I'm going to boo my football team. If you're a Jets fan and you're listening to this, you remember the 2010 playoffs. Remember the Jets went into Foxborough, upset the 14-2 Patriots 28-21, one of the greatest Jets games of all time, upsetting Tom Brady in New England, just absolutely fantastic. You know, Santonio Holmes catching that touchdown in the end zone. Braylon Edwards and Jericho Cotri doing the jet thing, flying over the, the sidelines. Since then, the Patriots are 18-2 against the Jets. Both of those losses to the Jets, overtime on field goals. The booing yesterday was not about another defeat at the hands of the Patriots. It's about the constant ineptitude of the organization who just never gets it right. All we ask for is competitive football in our home opener, and we can't even get that. And I was one of the one of the fans booing yesterday at this offense, at this defense, at this team, at this coaching staff, at this front office. We're running out of patience as a franchise. We were told Sala was bringing in a new culture that would change the franchise the second he stepped through the door. We were sold that same bill of goods when Todd Bowles stepped through the door in 2015. We were promised that Sam Darnold was the guy who could turn the quarterback rows around when they selected him with the third overall pick in 2018. We were sold that same bill of goods when Zach Wilson was picked second overall this year. Call it a knee-jerk reaction to a brutal loss, but Jet fans are tired of having the rug pulled out from under us after just... We have this blind optimism, this blind faith that we're eventually going to turn it around, and it always just hits us in the face that whenever there is a sign of improvement, a sign of hope, that we flinch. We're like, no, we're, we're, we're going to get hit again. It's... It's just so frustrating, and I know, I know, it's 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 so it's such a knee-jerk reaction. It's so like quick. It's literally their second game of this of this new. Sorry, I had to compose myself there. It's the second game of this new regime, but I, I'm just tired of having the rug pulled out from under me after all this optimism, after all of this this off-season of new faces and change and all this stuff coming off the depression that was the Gase era. But I just want to see competitive football again in New York. I want it so bad, and I didn't get it yesterday when I really thought we were going to have it. And now we got to go to Denver next week, who just made the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, look like a, 
a, a JV quarterback. Oh, God, when, when are the Jets going to pick up their first win this year? And I hate to be this guy, but yes, there were some bright spots yesterday. It wasn't all doom and gloom. It was really just Zach Wilson having probably the worst game of his career. I'm hoping it's the worst game of his career, because if I have to watch that again, I think I would rather just watch paint dry than watch a Jets football game like that. The offensive line was absolutely incredible, I thought. I mean, compared to last week, they were able to give Zach some time, and even though this is a bright spot because they they played well, the running game was fantastic. Zach looked looked worse with a clean pocket than he did with whatever he was dealing with last week. He threw all four of those picks, or maybe not all four, maybe three of them from a clean pocket, which is not a good sign, but, you know, uh, better than last week, I guess. The running game was fantastic. The Jets had 150 yards rushing between Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and Tevin Coleman. I think after that game yesterday, we're now going to see the Jets running the ball for 60-65% of their plays for every game going forward and just take the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands, let him manage the game, and not try and win these games by himself. You you heard Coach Sala in his post-game presser. I, I played the clip at the beginning of the episode. He's got to learn to play a boring game of football. He can't be going for the home run every play. He can't be looking for the big 50-yard touchdown every single play. He has to learn that it's okay to play a boring game of football. It's okay to check it down sometimes, make that easy pass just to keep the drive alive, not throw it up into double coverage or triple coverage or underthrow it or something, you know, something. Just playing better would be a step in the right direction. The defense, once again, looked very solid with what they had to do. I mean, they were they had terrible starting field position every single time they came onto the field, and they were still able to hold the Patriots to 25 points, only two touchdowns. The rest were field goals, and they were rushing touchdowns. You know, One of the big concerns going into the season was the Jets' cornerbacks. How were they going to play? Because they had all these young faces, and like none of them were experienced except for Bryce Hall. But they were able to hold the, the Patriots receivers yesterday to seven catches and 70 yards, so... I think the defense is going to continue to play well down the stretch throughout this season. It's just going to be about the offense. Can they keep us in games? Can they score points? Can they not turn the ball over? Looking at you, Zach. But all hope is not lost. I'm hoping this wasn't Zach's ghost game where he's going to be just an absolute mess from here on out. I don't think that's how this is going to be. I think he's only going to learn from this and hopefully get better. And I think we got a shot to beat the Broncos next week. I mean, I know I... I, Basically, it was like, put the bank on Jets plus six this weekend, and I, I was eating my shoe right now for that. But I think they still have a shot going forward to be competitive. It's just the Patriots have always happened to have the Jets number when it comes to these kind of games over the years. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening to me vent. I really, really needed that after yesterday's soul-crushing defeat. And I think we'll talk again later this week. We're going to get another Picks podcast coming out with Lucky Luke and Moneyline Max. And yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Talk to you again soon. Go Jets. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badweaver.